Hello and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I am here today to repeat my episode for the what I like to call the Zebra Incident. So I really loved the band Zebra's two songs that I knew in the 80s. But for some reason, I never bothered to pursue them as a band, right? I never checked out any other songs, got their albums dug in at all. But these two songs I just absolutely love. So there's another band that I find myself in the same exact position, a band from the 80s, two songs I absolutely love, never bothered to follow up on anything else. I still don't know why I don't do that. I don't know if it's I'm afraid that those are the only things I'll like or what it is. But in any case, I've decided to rectify that situation right here on this episode. So as you probably saw on the show title, the band is Saga. And this album is one that I have never heard apart from two songs that we're going to hit at the very beginning. Everything else is going to be complete first time listen reactions. And I find that pretty exciting. I'm finally going to dig into this band and find out if I like more than just the two songs that were released off of the album. The album is called Worlds Apart. There were a couple of different covers. I'm not sure which one was the official. The one that I know is the one that I'm using in the promo picture, which is the, uh, the the face with the glasses. There's another one that's kind of weird, which is like an actual picture of a guy at the bottom. Um, I don't really know what's going on with that. And then I saw one that's a combination of the two. The whole thing's weird. But I remember the uh, the drawn face with the glasses. So that's what I'm going to go with. And uh, this album came out in 1981. And there are a total of nine songs on it. And of those nine songs, I know the first and the third. And these two songs are just unbelievable gems as far as I'm concerned. And I just don't get why I never pursued them more. I mean, what if that had been Deep Purple? What if that had been Rainbow or Uriah Heep? You know, the, the, the biggest influence bands on me. I mean, who knows where I would be as a musician right now, um, you know, since those other bands influenced me so heavily. And these guys were like, those are really cool songs. And that's kind of where I left it. What if I had pursued Saga or Zebra? And those had been a couple of my bigger influences. It's really interesting how life pans out. So we're going to start digging into the album right now. I know nothing about the band or their history. uh, Nothing at all actually. And, you know, for the most part, I really prefer it that way. All I care about is the music they make. That's what their product is. Their product is not them. Their product is their music, which is a combination of them as individuals together, their influences, what they learned making the previous album, what they learned on the tour, what they've learned from other bands and bands that they're fans of and bands that they don't like. And I mean, it's all a culmination of all of those influences, just like our tastes in music are. However, when I'm listening to music, I don't listen to music going, well, yeah, this guitarist has got a good solo in here, but, you know, he he treats his wife badly or, you know, this uh, drummer's pretty good, but he's too political for me. So I'm not going to like this song. I don't care about any of that when I'm listening to the song. I just want to immerse myself in the music that was created to be listened to. They don't, most bands, unless they're specifically political or religious or something like that, like say Striper was a specifically religious band. So their whole message was about uh, that religion. But in general, bands put out music that they want to put out, that they enjoy making or that they think will be successful if they're, you know, run by a producer as opposed to run by the artist. And that's fine. 
I don't care about any of that. When I'm listening to the music, I just want to listen to the music. And that's the important thing is the product that they're putting out there for me to listen to. So let's start with the the first song that I heard by them, which is called On the Loose. So this song people might know, I remember this had a video on MTV and that's how I heard it at first. Um, I got the single somewhere along the way. I'm pretty sure I actually had it on 45, but uh, this is a, it's a really tight band on this song. There's a very intense guitar keyboard battle that goes on in the solo section and they play so tight together. It's, it's just intense precision and not easy stuff to play. I don't even need to be a guitarist to know that that's going to be a little bit challenging. I know for a keyboard player, that's some pretty tough stuff. So you got some really talented performers in the band. And as writers, I think it's fantastic. The chorus to this song is very powerful. Um, this remastered version is very well done, I have to say, although it's really weird to hear the snare almost right under my nose. I mean, it's just right there in your face. And at first, it kind of seems too loud. And then when the rest of the band kicks in, it seems right. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of strange, but very, very powerful mix, just the same. Uh, but you can really hear everything. There's multiple keyboards going on. Um, the song sounds fantastic. The vocalist is so strong, got a powerful voice, and uses it very well. Um, yeah, this is a, a great one for me. The chorus, which we didn't get to in this clip, is fantastic. That dueling battle in the solo section is just amazing. Um, there's there's like a it's like there's a camaraderie, but like a, a you know a brotherhood one-upsmanship in it, which is is pretty cool. And just the vocals, the whole atmosphere of the song is absolutely amazing and one definitely to check out. And that will bring us to our second song, which I have never heard, and it's called Time's up. This is definitely a song of the 80s, that's for sure. Just listen to those drum sounds. Uh, yeah, it's a cool song. Um, it's kind of weird. The vocals get really far in the distance for a good amount of it. And um, I can't really hear them with enough clarity to tell exactly what's going on. But musically, it's really cool. The drums change back and forth a lot. It's really more atmospheric, I would say, than, uh, than a, a beat. But it, yeah, it's cool. There's some nice keyboard and guitar parts in this one as well. And um, I just like the mood of it. 
more so, I think, than what I'm actually hearing. I just like the feeling of it than I do I like than I do liking it as a song. But then, you know, this is the first time I've heard it. There's a good chance I listen to it two or three times and I get used to it and I understand why the vocals are so far in the background at points. I might actually like it. But I don't like when an instrument that should be in the lead or should be in the main focus is that far away that I can't understand what they're doing unless they're doing like vocalizing or oohs and ahs and stuff like that where it's meant to be distant with some reverb on it. Um, if it's just like during a verse, it just doesn't it, it doesn't make sense to me. And if it doesn't make sense to me, it's hard for me to enjoy on a sonic scale, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's it's got a good feel and a good mood to it. Definitely very 80s. Uh, I like that. Um, the voice almost reminds me of the singer of the Buggles at points. Uh, very different from On the Loose, for sure. A completely different voice altogether. So uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. But it's a, yeah, it's a good song. I, I would say I would give it another shot. So that brings us to the only other song I know on the album, and this is called Wind Him Up. Yeah, you can already tell where this is going to a degree. Um, really, the power is in the chorus of the song. There's just something magical about the way that the sounds come together overall. But it's a, it's a good song. It's got a good beat to it. It's got the 16th notes on the hi-hat. It's got that upbeat feel, but yet it's a little bit mysterious at the same time. And then we start learning about this person, and we're like, hey, what's going on with him? And um, yeah, it's just a, a great atmosphere. And Again, I think they've created something really special sonically with this album. And unfortunately, this is the kind of stuff that I feel we've really lost today. You can have great sounding instruments, you can have a great recording, but I feel like the albums themselves don't have a lot of individual personality. And I've talked about this before. Um, you know, when I interviewed Mick Box from Uriah Heep, he said, well, the real difference is the instrumentalists. And he's right, you know, the individual players sound, but overall production sound. It just it just all sounds so much the same now. There's certain frequencies that are EQ'd in and out. There's certain, you know, reverbs that are used at certain levels. It's like everything's so formulated that other than the variation of how the singer sounds or how that guitarist is, uh, you know, he got his rig set and what level of distortion in that, um, it all kind of sounds the, under the same template. It really does to me. And I find that sad because I, th I think about all the bands from the 80s and everybody really kind of had their own sound. And to each album individually. So as far as I'm concerned, that was a great time in music. Um, it was a fun time in music, but it was also from, you know, a production standpoint. I think there are definitely highlights about the 80s that I like more so than today. And that individualism is one of the things that I think I definitely like better from the 80s. A lot of that in the 70s and, and the 60s, too, because we went from that overall mellow tone to, OK, now we've got to make a cutting edge tone. And uh, boy, it's it's been interesting to see how things have moved on to where we are now, 
even from where I was born in 72 and listening back to the music of the late 60s. So, uh, but it's a good song. It's it's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of energy to it. And, um, you know, the solo section, again, is very interesting. I can see why they picked this one or why the record company picked this one, whoever it was, to be a single, because it's got a lot of components to it that really are enjoyable. And that moves us to our next track and past all the tracks that I've ever heard. So the, uh, the next, uh, what, six songs we have, I have never once heard in my life. So I'm going to get into the next one and I'll be back with my report. This is Amnesia. This one's definitely interesting. Again, has a very 80s feel to it, both in synthesizer and just overall performance. Um, heading into the chorus, as we were hearing, as that little clip faded out, um, you know, bringing in that piano and just that weird sound effect to do the transition. But it's got uh, it's got its interest here for me in the layers of instruments that are are performed. You know, there's just a little bit here, a little bit there, different ones coming in and out. And then like that, that one sound just comes in just for the transition. And it's pretty cool. Also, the bass line, I really love the bass guitar in this song. It's a very quirky, but a fun bass line. And it's definitely up front in the mix. This mix is so weird. I shouldn't like it, but I do. Um, I shouldn't like the bass being right in my throat like that. And the snare being, you know, right under my nose. It's like a weird placement for everything, but it works for this album and the volume levels, I think really match what I'm hearing uh, in a complimentary way. The vocals are, are a little straightforward on this one. There's a lot of repetitive chorus at the end. But apart from that, a- another good song. So they are, they're four for four so far out of nine. So here is where we hit the midpoint of the song or of the album in a song called Framed. this is a pretty straightforward song. Um, I can't say that I I find anything particularly special in it. Um, Kind of a filler track for me. But the first part of the solo section, let me rephrase that, the first part of the interminable solo section is really nice. Uh, I think a song, a very good song could have been built around that. Um, But for me, vocally uh, and the verses and stuff just doesn't really hit any anything for me 
Um, there's some nice moments, like I said, in the solo section, but uh, aside from that, it's just a filler track for me. That doesn't mean it wouldn't be an outstanding track for you. You know, uh, just because I don't like it doesn't necessarily mean that you wouldn't. It's not one, I would say if if I were playing the album, I probably wouldn't skip the song or maybe I would get like halfway through it and go, okay, enough of that. And then hit the forward button for the next track. But, you know, it, again, I, I always leave room for the possibility that it can grow on me. Again, this is the first time I've ever heard this. And it's it's an interesting experiment for sure, especially with the band where the two songs I knew I just absolutely loved. You know, they were always on playlists of mine and uh, much like Zebra. So it, it's it, it's really such a, a similar situation with uh, my experience with them. But uh, let's just move on. So we've got the next song now, song six is called The Interview. Good afternoon, I introduce myself With a story to be told, you may need help I know you were a headline for some time Now you're part of a motionless mind Yeah, I like this one. Uh, it's got a good feel to it. It's uh, it's kind of uplifting. The melody's really nice. And uh, the only thing that throws me off on this one is the the drums in the verse because the snare is so heavy, that flam that he's hitting, which is, you know, hitting both sticks one slightly before the other on the snare to give it that effect that you're hearing here. Um, but the hi-hat is so far in the background, he's probably just gently using the foot pedal on it. Um, it comes in later, he goes back to 16th notes again on the hi-hat. Um, but it's a fun little riff. It's it's not a crazy, quirky song. There's not a lot of insanity in it like there are in some of the other ones. But sometimes you just need a song that just feels good. And this one just feels good. It's a good track. Listen to it. Check it out. And so that moves us on to a song called No Regrets. That's the seventh song on the album. I don't know if this is an ongoing theme for them, being that this is their uh, fourth album, I believe. But it's called No Regrets Chapter 5. I have no idea what that's about. Uh, but I can tell you that we have a different singer on this song. Um, the lead synth player is coming out to do vocals on this. And our lead vocalist is also a synth player. Basically, everybody that isn't drums uh, or lead guitar plays synth. Even the bass player jumps in here and there. So, uh, and, and it's not surprising when you listen to the layers of synthesizers to even come close to pulling some of this stuff off live, you would have to have, you know, a, a pretty heavy either sequence, which means every show is going to be exactly the same and, you know, not have as much life in it. Or you would have, um, you know, multiple people playing the instruments. So I like what they've done here. I like that more people play uh, the, the synths whenever they can. It, it gives a lot more dynamics that you can do. And it also explains why we have so many different sounds coming into the songs as well. There's a lot of layers in some of these songs, so um, which I love, by the way. I absolutely love that. So uh, let's check out No Regrets Chapter 5.
Yeah, this is a nice song. Uh, this voice fits in with the lead singer very well, I would say. Um, it's mostly instrumental, just kind of goes on. I was waiting for the vocals to come back in, but they never do once they're done. But uh, yeah, it's a really nice, just musical journey. It's very gentle and uh, nothing takes you out of that. You know, like there's no shocking bass drum beat or chord or crash or anything in the song. It's just a very beautiful song that takes you on a journey. And I really like music like that. You know, I, I like the technical stuff. I love progressive music and I love jazz fusion. But at the same point, sometimes I just want something I can just put on and enjoy and not have to think about too much, just be taken away from, you know, the moment or the world around me for a few minutes. And this is definitely a song that can do that. I, I will definitely listen to this one again. I'll say that. Uh, don't know what's up with the chapter five part, but yeah, I'll definitely listen to this one again. And that brings us back to the, well, back to the album. <laughs> We're in the album. And this next song is called Conversations. You know, I'm going to say that this song really kicks ass. I really like this one. It's uh, it's mostly an instrumental with just little bits of voice in there. Um, you know, you hear some inflections of conversation, then there's some flanged out voice. I'm not sure what that's all about. But overall, it's pretty much an instrumental with just, you know, a little bit of vocal sounds in there, I'll say. Um, but it's basically like just since going back and forth with a, a really cool drum and bass beat. Uh, there's one part that where one of the synths they use really reminds me of the sounds from the Gumby band. Uh, if you remember the claymation Gumby, they had a really weird band. Um, that was a lot of fun though. I, I always enjoyed when the band was on the show, but, uh, apart from that, it's, it's, it's just a really nice journey of different synthesizers and different sounds playing off each other, playing together, some intense transitions, some really good drumming in there. Um, definitely one to listen to. I would say, uh, you know, this kind of reminds me of a more synthesized version of a, a band called Gamelon and an album called Aerial View, which I plan to cover uh, before too much longer. But uh, it's very similar to that. So it's almost a little bit jazz fusion like, uh, but I don't know if it would actually be classic uh, classified as jazz fusion or not. I don't think so, but it has some of those same feelings as, as the album, uh, that album anyway. So, um, yeah, good song. Check it out. Uh, if you, if you want to just hear a, a good instrumental that really goes from one part to another and just keeps you on your toes the whole time, I would say this would be one to check out. So very good song. Uh, we're, we're doing well here on this album, I'll say for a band that I've only known two songs from, you know, I've liked pretty much everything. There's just what the one, uh, one song, I can't remember if that was, I think that was framed that I wasn't like, oh my God, this is great. Um, but apart from that, yeah, yeah. I've been really happy with this album. Now this brings us to our last track on the album track nine, and this is called no stranger chapter eight. 
So we had No Regrets Chapter 5, then another song, and then No Stranger Chapter 8. Um, I don't know, again, if this is an ongoing theme. I didn't really research the band because what I care about is the song. And that's what these reviews are all about. So uh, let's just check out the music and see what, what, it, what we think. I'm not sure what to make of this song. It makes me feel like this is a concept album, although I didn't see anything about this being a concept album. Maybe it's an ongoing theme through their other albums. I don't know. Uh, I like it. it. It's a good song. It goes a lot of places, and it's definitely worth listening to. But it feels more like part of a story that I'm just not, I'm not uh, uh, attached to, I guess. But uh, one thing that's interesting is I noticed that there's, you know, an effect going through the beginning of the song, which is somewhat similar to a very uh, quiet effect that we heard at the beginning of No Regrets Chapter 5. So again, this might be some kind of continuation of something or a theme. I, I really don't know. But in any case, I liked it. I don't know why you would have five and eight on the same album with nothing in between. So that's kind of interesting. Um, it does, this one does feel a little bit like Genesis to me in the way that it just takes you in these, just all of a sudden different directions, the way that older Genesis would. Um, I, I'm just not sure what to make of it, except to say that I enjoyed it and I think it's worth giving a listen to. So, uh, that's where I land on this one, but overall, I think it's a pretty good album. I think there's a lot of highlights. There's some real talented musicians on here. I think if I would have heard this album, in the time frame when it came out, like in the early 80s, I probably would, I think I would probably feel a lot stronger about it than I do, because I think it, it definitely is, is something that fits the time it came out, both in the sound, but also in the style of the songs. And I think listening to it through ears today, I'm thinking about more modern production, modern songwriting um, there are a couple of parts in, in this last song where I think the mix is a little bit off. There's a couple synths that come in. I think it was the same thing with conversations too, where I'm like, that one's a little bit loud. I don't know why that one's so loud and, and that one is a little bit too quiet. Um, but overall, yeah, I think it's a good album. I think it's well worth listening to. I'm really glad I dug into it. Am I a bigger fan of Saga now that I've heard one of their albums? I don't think so. Um, I think they're a good band. I don't think that that just based on this album, you know, because obviously, you know, like I said, this is not their first album, but based on this one, I would say I would, I would be open to giving another one a chance and seeing how I feel about it. Am I like, Oh my God, Saga, you got to hear this band. No, but I think for, there, there's an audience for this for sure. You know, if you're into, you know, like I said, jazz fusion, but you want something a little more on the electronic side, this would definitely be uh, an album to check out. And um, it's definitely great musicianship, great performances. From the songwriting perspective, though, I think there's some stuff that, that like some of these solo sections just go on a little too long. And some of the choruses do get a little bit repetitive towards the fade. I think they're, they're very good songwriters. I think they could have put in a couple of different changes to make it a little bit more exciting and make the songs not seem so long and repetitive. 
I think cutting down on some of the instrumental sections on a couple of the songs would have been good. But that's, again, listening through the, the, the ears of experience of modern times and modern production. This album came out in 81. I'm reviewing it in 2022. So I don't want to be too hard on them. But as just hearing new pieces of music, uh, I can say there's some really good highlights on here. There's some stuff I really liked. And maybe you guys did too. Maybe you're curious to check out the whole album, which I would highly recommend. Now, this is the remastered version of the album that we're listening to now. And uh, that just came out, I think it was last year, sometime last year. I remember seeing that. But uh, yeah, it's it's worth it, guys. I think it's a good album. If, if, you know, if you're liking the samples, then check out the full album. That's what my suggestion would be. I think that's what I always say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this this is a, a style of music that might be a little bit more to specific taste. So uh, just keeping that in mind. But you heard a little bit of it and who knows what you think. So enjoy it, guys. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. We still got a ways to go, guys. We got uh, quite a few episodes left. I'm going to have some interviews. I got a whole bunch of albums and music that I want to share with you that that has meant something to me, whether it's affected me emotionally or given me comfort or pumped me up for something or just been music I've learned from. Um, that's That's all the stuff that I'm covering on the podcast now. So I hope that you guys are enjoying that journey. I hope that you like the song. And we'll see you in the next one, guys. Cheers. <laughs>